Welcome to Respect My Crown. I am Jillian J.J. Simmons. Respect My Crown is a community that's designed to support women who desire to step into the abundance that awaits them. Now, we know that now is the time for us to manifest our visions, realize our dreams, and accomplish our goals. Respect My Crown is a support system that encourages women to deepen in spirituality, sisterhood, accountability, and service. Our guest today is a speaker, a family and couples therapist. She is the owner of Dharma Wellness. She is also now officially a part of my tribe. Yes. <laughs> Welcome, Rabia Ilahi, to the show today. How are you? I'm well, JJ. There is so much that I have learned about you, actually, just in the last year. Mm-hmm. I've learned about some of your past experiences. We kind of talked um, at some of our events about you even kind of getting married in what some people consider late in the game. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it was late. I was 42. Yeah. 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 We're going to talk about that too. Yeah. And um, and I learned a little bit about your culture, and I'm going to dive into that a little bit later in our chat today. But I read something that said therapists have more problems mm-hmm. than their clients. Is that true? <laughs> okay. We are just aware of our problems. <laughs> so it seems like we have more. Yeah. No, I mean, look, we're human, right? Yes. And it's really important as we're getting trained to be therapists yeah. that we recognize and do our own work so we're not putting our issues on our clients. Oh, yeah. You oh, know, yeah. and so, yeah, I don't know if it's more. Yeah. More awareness. What is one of the most common topics that you see your clients come in for um so for men it's this is what's interesting men come in for women meaning it's the wife the girlfriend some woman in their relationship okay either wants them to come or they're at their wit's end Oh, or they don't want to lose a woman or they want to get over a woman. That's why men come in. They don't come in for themselves. No. So women come in to just have a more fulfilling life. Yeah. To develop their spirituality. And yes, uh, self-esteem and some of that, like it's more quality of life. The fact that anybody is brave enough to come to therapy, right, is is something to be commended. It really is. It's scary for people. Yeah. You know, they don't know me. Yeah. Or or whatever the whoever the therapist is. They don't know. Yeah. So What was takes... like our first look at therapy though? Like when you think of television, you know, how do we even learn what therapy was or you know, what it looked like? Certain cultures were more open mm-hmm. to it, like because Freud was Jewish, you know, and then um like the Northeast, New York, and all of that. They were just more open. Woody Allen made comments all the time about being in psychoanalysis. Yeah. And so it started filtering through. Yeah. And I guess in in movies, it was interesting because you hear like this, the most intimate things, you know? And oh, then we're yeah. supposed to be able to identify who's a serial killer and, yeah. you know, like... I know. <laughs> uh, so it... It got a little bit romanticized. Yeah. And then, you know, over time, it starts filtering to, like, normal, everyday people. Oh, gosh, yeah. yeah. The more we talk about it, yeah. the more we're able yeah. to normalize it. And then Dr. It. Phil, 
You oh know, yeah, he's been on TV for fifteen years. Gosh, has it been that long? Yeah, I, I remember so. when he was just guest appearing on Oprah. And then Oprah was like a therapist. She was, you know, because she, really she had people on, and then she was like, "Oh, I went through that too." Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, what made you get into therapy? I was interested, fascinated with what, like thinking. Yeah. And why people do what they do, why I do what I do. Yeah. So I, I, and I was discouraged initially. Really? Yeah, because my parents didn't take it seriously. Like, that's a, a real job. Oh, oh really? Yeah. So in your culture, what are yeah. you supposed to do? Doctor, engineer, yeah. programmer, yeah. you know, yeah. very much what brown people and Asians, you know, you yeah. have to be whatever. Yeah. Usually a doctor. Yeah. You know, and I'm now it's okay like to be a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought about being a doctor, but I just, I don't know. I, I don't like hospitals. Or... Yeah, <laughs> no. This way, I don't have to touch anybody. That's and a good I can, thing. I know. I, I'm and I still, still like help. healing. Yeah, but not hands yeah. on. Yeah. If you weren't doing therapy, what mm. would you do? I have no idea. It seems really romantic to be a writer. Yeah. You know, so that seems fun. Right. But I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think that shows you that you're doing what you're called yeah. to do. Then. Yeah. Because I feel that way too. When people ask, like, "Well, what would you do if you?" And I'm like, I have no idea yeah although I did want to be a mechanic when I was younger really? I thought it was it would be like the hottest thing for a, a woman to know how to fix a car and that's like flash dance her being a right welder. exactly yes. like that's what it, it is yeah. like put yeah. a mask on your yeah. face you're yeah. like and you're like oh it's a woman yeah. yes it's me I know how to <laughs> fix a tire look at my like, tool belt right exactly yeah. so you do well at helping others You've been helping me for, I think, maybe the last three years. I, time goes by so fast. Know. You know what I, I mean? I can't really keep up. There are some people who don't want to go to therapy. Mm -hmm. There are some people, I hear this all the time, you know, therapy isn't for everyone. Yeah. And I've always been confused with that, yeah. you know, and I don't want to be judgmental of people. But when I hear people say therapy isn't for everybody, I'm like, well, why isn't it? Mm -hmm. What is it that makes it not? for everyone yeah. do you feel like therapy is well, for everyone it depends uh so there are some people who are really blessed to have objective people in their lives mm -hmm. that are healed or healthy enough to not make to not interject their own stuff yeah. you know like say you have a mom that's like the most amazing mother yeah. right yeah and um you can go to her and she can tell you things for, you know, she can hear you and empathize and not judge and criticize, you know, yeah. any of that. Yeah. And you can really feel like, okay, I got advice that has nothing to do with my mom. Yeah. It's really for me. If you're lucky enough to have someone in your life that can do that, that's great. Yeah. You know, but most of us are not that lucky. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Or the or they used to be that person in your life, yeah. and then now you need therapy because of them. <laughs> I can't go to you anymore yeah. because now I need to talk about you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're right. A lot of people aren't aren't blessed with that, and there are so many issues. Like for mm -hmm. me, for therapy, mm -hmm. it was putting together these puzzle pieces that I couldn't yeah. put together by myself. Yeah. Um, I knew, you know, my father was the one who told me go to therapy. Mm -hmm. And I was so shocked because I've never heard of my father going to therapy, yeah. you know, or anyone in my family mm -hmm. going to therapy. And in my mind, you know, you hear, what is this? What, why would you talk to a stranger? Mm -hmm. It's almost like I didn't understand 
what the job function was. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just seemed yeah. like you're just talking to somebody, and it's not like I understood that this person is trained in understanding behaviors mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and why mm-hmm. people do what mm-hmm. they do. And uh, I learned a lot about my relationship with um, my mother. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of talk about how you are more self-aware than the average, I'm sure, because of what you've learned. Yes. Having these tools. But what have you learned about you, uh, about the person that you are that comes from your family? Uh, You know, when I first went to therapy in my 20s, I told my dad, and he said, why would you talk to a stranger? <laughs> you know, you have me. Yeah. He's like, well, I need to talk about you. <laughs> you kind of screwed me up here a little bit, you know? Yeah. So, but anyway, that's the last time I shared with him that, that I was getting it myself. What I've learned about myself is um, that my nature hasn't changed that much from when I was little. Because mm. I always wanted to help and listen and... I don't know. Now I just get paid for it, you know, but it was always kind of in my nature. It's just that I would project my own into things, you know, or like compare, well, I don't do that. Why do they, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And the training was really helpful. And there were other things that I always kind of instinctively knew Mm. because we came here as immigrants and my parents, like most people will know this. The parents that come here when they're adults from another country, very prejudiced, very judgmental. Oh, yeah. And the kids that grow up here from immigrant parents have a much more sensitive idea because they can empathize. Yeah. You know, have and a different to, perspective. Yeah. And, and uh, it took me a while. So I, I realized over time I saw things that my parents didn't. Mm. Even though they're doctors and highly educated and yeah. nice people, but they it took me a while to get that their experience growing up, yeah, they were part of the majority mm-hmm. the first half of their lives. Then they came here, yeah, we grew up, funny names, you know, different religion, different color, you know, they didn't know if we like held the hostages in Iran or, you right, know, like, right. there are all these things, like, yeah. people don't know. Americans don't know a lot of, they like, don't. the world stuff. Yeah. So, so we had an appreciation for other minorities. Yeah. You know. When people look at you, they don't know what. No, they don't know what I am. They don't know what you are. In Texas, I'm Hispanic. California, mm. I'm Hispanic. Uh, New York, maybe Italian or something. Yeah. When I was in France, they thought I was Italian. When I was in Italy, they thought I was Brazilian. Oh, wow. <laughs> so even in my own country, they don't think. Really? Yeah. Because we look different. Yeah. So. And you, um, I love that about you. You've been doing something on uh, social media yeah. about privilege. Yeah. And kind of owning, helping people to own their privilege. Yeah. And when you look at your own privilege, what, yes. what are the privileges that you see that you have well I came to this country without any problems yeah Uh, my you know we had a very direct path to citizenship yeah you know so my parents had white-collar jobs that were in demand Mm. and so we were economically privileged we were privileged education wise yeah I you know I'm not that dark complected, so we were privileged in that way. Yeah. 
and opportunity like the opportunity you have when you come from another country the traveling because you learn so much when we travel yeah yeah um but yeah i think language economics uh, exposure to mm-hmm. different things do you speak I, another language i do, do i you? do my my first language is urdu it's oh. u-r-d-u Again, when we came here, my parents wanted us to speak in English. Yeah. So we wouldn't have an accent because they were so scared people would be prejudiced against us. Oh, wow. So I lost a lot of my language. Yeah. You know, so I have it like at a first grade level. Huh. So. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Gosh, there's so much to learn about you, Rabia. I know. I'm just a ball of. <laughs> everything. Yeah. <laughs> Big ball of everything. No, but that's that's the beauty though. Why privilege means so much to me because I think we see it as a bad thing mm-hmm. or like we have to be embarrassed or ashamed when everyone has some privilege. If you're alive, yeah. you have privilege. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. So I wanted to kind of like destigmatize it. Yeah. I and love it. Yeah. I love it. I've been looking at it and it's like, hey, why are you not using it to help yes. other people? Yes. You know what I mean? Or to help your culture or help your community. Yeah. Like at least take a look at, okay, this is what I have. If yeah. you are you have the education, mm-hmm. you know, that some people don't have the privilege to have, yes. then what are you doing yeah. to use it yeah. to help others? Yeah. So I, I do. I love that you have challenged people to, to really think hard about that. For people who have never gone to therapy before, mm-hmm. who are tuned in right now, can you just give us like some of the basic reasons you feel like someone should come and sit down on the couch? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, basic reason if you are not able to function pretty well most days that's a good sign that something's not right like maybe you're losing your temper a lot or you you know typical depression things you can't get out of bed or the minute you get home you are in tears you know and for no apparent reason or maybe there is maybe you're going through a breakup you know or your parents are going through something or you're pissed off because of the political climate, you know? Everyone should be on the couch. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, they're like, you just get this feeling that life doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. You don't feel like you are thriving. Yeah. And I think therapy can run the gamut from not even barely surviving to wanting to thrive. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And anywhere on the spectrum therapy can be helpful yeah but I I tell people when they're looking for a therapist talk to them interview the therapist trust your gut feeling because if you don't like the therapist therapist is not gonna like you yeah it just is usually mutual yeah and so always go where you feel like oh yeah okay I can open up or I can trust something Mm -hmm. has to be there yeah you know there are um, some barriers that stop people from coming to therapy mm-hmm. um, especially with people who are very religious mm-hmm. you know what I mean mm-hmm. some people want to find someone who is spiritually connected yeah. or has the same religion yeah. is that something people can ask like can I yes. can a person yeah, come yeah, in yeah. and say well what do you believe do you yes. believe in God yes. no okay so yeah. I can <laughs> no I think that's fair because uh, as therapists we have to be very aware of our values and beliefs and biases yeah. You know, 
And if someone comes in and they want like someone who can quote scripture, yeah. that's not me. Yeah. yeah you know, and yeah. I rather that they're like, hey, I'm looking for a Christian therapist. Sorry. Yeah. And sometimes they want a Muslim therapist. Yeah. And I have to tell them, yeah, but you know, I don't cover my head. Yeah. And I'm not like strict. Are so, your parents that way? Do they cover their? Does your mom no, cover her head? She's no, she's not. No women in my family ever covered their heads. Yeah. My grandmother play, prayed five times a day. Never. This whole hijab thing <laughs> is not part of the religion. The religion is about fitting in with your environment mm. and not drawing attention to yourself. Oh. And um, how it got to be this, you know. It's patriarchy. Don't even get me started. <laughs> no, my mom yeah. never, ever covered her face or her head. Wow. Only like when uh, the call to prayer comes on back home, you cover your head out of respect. Yeah. But otherwise, no. Hmm. And so my dad, we actually wanted to wear the burqa, like the whole black thing. Yeah. Um, because men grab you in the market, you know, like they'll walk by and grab you. What? Yeah, they're because they're so sex starved. Oh my so, gosh! I mean, yeah, it's Jeez. a suppressed culture. No offense to any Pakistanis, but anyway, um, they grab you and all of that, and uh, so we wanted to dress up like that. And my brother wanted to wear one, so he could walk around seeing how women are treated. Wow! You know, and my dad was like, absolutely not. It just, there was no <laughs> way he was going to let us wear. Wow. He said, no, educated people don't do that. I mean, now hmm. it's different. Yeah. Since 9-11, there, it's more of an identity thing, yeah. I think, Yeah. Yeah. than a true, like, religious thing. It's like uh, some people are doing it just to, out of, out of like, you need to respect who I yes. am, respect yeah. my culture, respect, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So, you know, I, I mean, if someone's choosing to do that, of her own free will, yeah. then why shouldn't she? Yeah. I just don't like it if it's not free will. Right, right. That makes sense. Yeah. So when people come and they say, I'm looking for a Muslim therapist, yeah. you're like, hey, I'm not as traditional. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. I can understand the belief system. Yes, I know the belief system. Yeah. And I also know some of it's not, some of it's cultural. Yeah. But people get it confused with belief like mm. religious you know and because if someone says something for a hundred years it becomes what the religion is when it's not hmm. wow. so this is good yeah <laughs> i feel like we need a whole nother podcast Rabia. that one's coming up next yeah um plans change in in people's lives and goals change mm -hmm. when was the last time that you had this plan and it was an epic fail. And how did you push through it? So I'll tell you, the hardest thing for me was in becoming a mom. Yeah. Because I thought, oh, come on. <laughs> I'm one of five. My mom's one of 13. Yeah. So oh my gosh. piece of cake, right? <laughs> and then, you know, I had uh, two stillbirths and it was just mm. horrible. And I thought, what am I going to do with my life if I can't be a mom? Mm. And it was like this, I believed I would die if I didn't get to be a mom. Oh my god! Like gosh. that was my life's dream. More yeah. than being a wife, it was being a mom. Now, d does that still come or stem from your culture where it's like, we have to be mothers? No, I don't, I mean, yeah, it's something my dad always pushed because yeah. he said, you don't want to be alone when you're old. 
Yeah. Like, okay. Somebody's got to take care of you. Someone's got to take care of you. No, he said kids are like your biggest blessing. Yeah. And so I I believe that. Mm. But no, it was something in me. I just loved the idea of being a mom. Mm. And, uh, And that was a plan that didn't work out for me the way I envisioned. Yeah. But I did not quit, which is what I tell people, that if something is in your heart, don't stop. Yeah. It may not look the way you plan it, but don't stop. Can you share how you ended up becoming a mom? <clears throat> yes. Um, so my best friend offered to let me use her uterus, <laughs> her oven, mm-hmm. for us. And uh, so we went through IVF. And it didn't work. I had like three embryos and it didn't take in her uterus. So I was pretty heartbroken. And then my youngest sister said, hey, um, I'm not using my eggs. Why don't you use my eggs, you know? And uh, so I thought, I've talked about it with my husband and I thought, okay, well, I know all the genetics. Right. And I know she doesn't have a personality disorder. Yes. Or something, you know, or it's not... It doesn't have something that... (laughs) Where being a therapist comes in handy. I know. (laughs) So, so, uh, we agreed. We, she and I actually had to go through counseling Mm -hmm. with the fertility, uh, the IVF, uh, practice to make sure that we knew what we were getting ourselves into. Yeah. And then I went through an agency to get a gestational carrier, which means, so here's, people call it surrogate. A surrogate is someone who's using her own eggs and her body. Okay. A gestational carrier is someone who's carrying your eggs and sperm. Okay. Like, Got it. although it was my sister's, but so we met this amazing young couple um, from Dallas. Oh, wow. And uh, they're white. And so we had to make sure that are they okay with a Muslim and my husband's African American? Yeah. And this is Texas, so we're like, are you okay with, you know, this? And they were like, sure, no problem. That's awesome. Yeah. And so she was amazing, like, carried our daughter to term. Did you, what was that process like? Did you, you know, are you seeing the belly? Like, is she sending you pictures of the belly? Well, she was going to. She was going to make me a whole book, right, of the ultrasounds and all of that. But (laughs) this is one of those things it's a like a I don't know so she started bleeding at 16 weeks Mm. because initially there there were twins like two eggs took really one had a chromosomal abnormality so it slowly started to go dissolve yeah and this is where my daughter is like she's been a fighter since she was in the womb you know so she held on and they had to put uh, Megan the gestational carrier on bed rest. Oh wow. And I was flying back and forth from Houston to Dallas and every time I thought she's going to lose the baby cuz I'd already been through Ooh, two traumas, yeah. you know. And uh, I think that's when I started having panic attacks and yeah. It was horrible. Yeah. But we made it, you know, and I remember asking everyone like send all your good vibes, all your prayers cuz if yeah. she can make it to 24 weeks, we're good. Yeah. And at 24 weeks, she stopped bleeding. Oh, you know. So, and then we went up to 36, I think. Gosh. And JJ, (laughs) my daughter was born November 13th, 2010. Mm. 
I found my journal November 13th, 2006, four mm-hmm. years before that to the day I had written that, oh, five embryos have been transferred in me today. Oh, wow. So in those four years, it's like it was always working for me, it was. but I didn't see it. Yeah. You know, I, I gave up on... I'm cursed, I'm being punished, what did I do? I should yeah. have done this, I shouldn't have done that. Oh yeah. You know? Isn't that interesting how mm-hmm. we can go to that place yes. of the reason why these bad things are happening to me has to be because I'm a bad person. I'm bad. Like yeah. this is what I I've did. I've sinned, yeah. I've done this or that. Yeah. Shouldn't have been mean to my mom. Right, right. The smallest yeah. things to the biggest things. Yeah. yeah. And all along I was so loved. But my world needed to be bigger. Yeah. And that's what going through all of that did, is it it just made my world so much bigger. I learned about alternative medicine. I learned about meditation and belly dance and yeah. chakra healing. Like, so much of what I do now yeah. wouldn't have happened if I hadn't gone through that. Oh, that's good. And I still have my kid. Yes, and she's amazing. She is. I love she's her. She's she's really funny. Oh like my God, the drama. <laughs> yeah. She's so funny. Thank you for sharing that. And I'm sure that there are plenty of people who are listening right now mm-hmm. who can empathize. Yeah. You know, and 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 you know, just even telling people to keep um, keep going. Yeah. Because you don't want to give up, and what mm-hmm. seems like you know there is no light at the end of the tunnel, you mm-hmm. know it's there. And to hear people share their stories yeah. helps people to realize, yeah. you know what, I'm not going to give up. And maybe it doesn't look like what I felt like it should look like. Yes. But you know there's this other plan that's here. So because I remember after my second um, loss, I was in the hospital because I had lost like a ton of blood. Mm. So they kept me in the hospital for a few days. And, uh, oh, it, right before I got Bell's palsy. So oh. I get your Bell's oh, palsy. Gosh, but yeah. yeah. So um, they kept me in the hospital. And I remember I had this one visitor. And I was saying, maybe I'm not supposed to do this because it keeps going wrong. Yeah. And so she said, well, maybe you're just supposed to find a different way. Yeah, you know? That's so good. And I thought, okay, so I'm not going to quit. Yeah. You know, because my heart wouldn't let me. Yeah. And I yeah. tell people when their heart is really saying something, and it's not for some ulterior thing like, oh, I'll make $10 million if I do this. Yeah. Not that kind of thing, but this, like, oh, I can't imagine my life Without if I don't it. do this. Yeah. You've got to just keep on, Yeah. you know, and, and reevaluate your vision because maybe it's not big enough mm. or broad enough, yeah. you know, because we don't know. We like, don't. there's so much we don't know. Yeah. I, I'm so glad you said that. There was a... Uh, a time just a couple of weeks ago and I found myself praying and really yelling at God mm-hmm. I was like hey like I know that I am supposed to be traveling the world yeah, yeah. and making this impact on on people mm-hmm. and changing lives mm-hmm. and I'm not gonna stop like so we need to get this together yes. like this like Whatever it looks like, yeah. clearly, I you know, put the people in the right place. Surround me with the right mm-hmm. encouragement yep. and motivation. Help me to clear up this vision so it looks good. But those are the things that we have to recognize that, you know, gosh, just don't give up on yeah. what it is that yeah. you you feel like you breathe it. Like, yes. I breathe this. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. it's yeah. got to happen. Yeah. Um, finish this sentence, Rabia. If I knew then what I know now. 
If I knew then what I know now, I would have wasted less time on boys. <laughs> really? I mean, yeah. I didn't yeah. study very hard. Yeah. College, you know, yeah. yeah. If I if I knew then what I know now, I would have gone harder for yeah. my own dreams yeah. earlier. Well, you didn't even get married till late. When did you yeah. get married? 42. 42. So it's been 11 years. 11 oh, and a half wow. years. Yeah. Wait, what? I'm 53. Are you really? Yeah. Shut I know. Up. You're brown. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, brown. wait a minute. I yeah. did not even realize yeah. that at all. Yeah. Didn't you wonder how I was so mature? I know, right? <laughs> that is too I funny. I sneak it in there. Like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, wait, you look amazing. I, you. I did not. Not that that's old, but I just didn't, I didn't know that. Gosh, yeah. I did not know. Okay, so yeah. you got married at 42. Mm-hmm. You've we never were been... four months pregnant when I got married. Oh, wow. We had okay. gone through IVF. Oh, And wow. so I was four months pregnant. And then we got married, and a month later is when uh, my cervix was incompetent, so my daughter had kicked out oh, her man. foot out of my uterus. So, oh. so when you – that's a challenge when you're mm-hmm. first getting into marriage, right? Yeah. Well, how long were you guys together before you got married? Two years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But still, to yeah. think that this is how we're starting marriage yeah. off is with... Um... It started off with trauma. Right. Mm-hmm. Gosh. So we we're just now dating and getting to know right. each other, like, without trauma. <laughs> we got that done early, yeah. so that yeah. now we can I date. know what he's like in a storm. Let's put yeah. it that way. And that's a good thing, yeah. though. I yeah. wonder sometimes if... That is beneficial for people yeah. to get, like, let's get this done so we can mm-hmm. see how this looks, you know, because yes. you really don't know who a person is yeah. until you see them yeah. at the worst moments, right? Yes, yeah. And I, 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 one of the things I really wanted in a partner was someone who doesn't run when the going gets tough. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. I didn't see anyone like that growing up. Yeah. I saw women being that way. Right. But I didn't see any men being that way, mm. you know. And so for me, he needed to be honest and um, have lots of integrity or like not run Yeah, when things good. get hard because life is hard and messy. And it's just going to be that way. Yeah. You know, I sit on your couch all the time <laughs> and talk to you about it. There are four elements that make up Respect My Crown, mm. spirituality, sisterhood, accountability, and service. What does spirituality look like for you? I meditate at least once a day. Okay. Uh, often twice. So yeah. most of the week it's twice. But once. do you use like an app or do no, you do no, it on your I, own? No, no. I got trained in transcendental meditation. Okay. And so I have a mantra that I say for twenty minutes. Okay. You know, and then I follow it up with a prayer, basically where I just ask to be of highest service. Yeah. You know. Uh, so that I'm used whatever way that serves the highest good okay. for myself and others. Yeah. So, how did your spirituality uh, connect with your husband's? Oh no, it's very different. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's different. You know, he's always prayed before meals. Yeah. Um, but he he lost some faith after our second loss. Oh wow. Yeah. And it's been hard for him to get back to it. Yeah. yeah. You see that in movies all mm-hmm. the time, don't you? Yeah. Where the person is like, when all these bad things happen, it's like, no. Yeah. Uh-uh. yeah. Like, I quit God. He yeah. was like, you know, I'm not praying. Why? Yeah. 
Yeah. So it was really yeah. hard for him. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. And I'm sure that they'll there'll be a path that brings him back to whatever yes. it is. Yeah, I want him to define it for himself. Yeah. Uh, because I You aren't like, Hey boo, let's go meditate. I tried. <laughs> I tried. Not have it in No. He's like, I already meditate. Yeah, what do you do? I look off into the distance <laughs> and I breathe. Okay. All right. Well, as long yeah. as you're breathing. Yeah. Uh, okay. Sisterhood. You know, what is your, what's your tribe look like? Well, okay. So my tribe, I love women that are going for it. Yeah. And who support other women mm-hmm. who really, this is where my spirituality and sisterhood kind of become very similar because I think we're all just pieces that look different, but if we were broken down to like our energy, we'd all be just these amazing sparkles of light. Yes, I know that sounds so all wacko, no, but, but, it does. but we're so much the same. Yeah. And so with sisterhood, I look at it as I'm just like every other woman mm-hmm. or girl. Yeah. Um, you know, we have similar challenges. It, Things look different on the outside, but, you know. Yeah. So, to me, sisterhood is just a, a further refinement of spirituality, that we are we are one. I like that. Yeah. I love that. Is your tribe pretty big, or is it small? No, it's pretty small. Yeah. It's pretty small. Although, actually, no. Sorry. I have to take that <laughs> back. It used to be small. Yeah. And it used to be mainly my siblings, my sisters. Yeah. Um. Now it's pretty much anyone I meet <laughs> who is um, heart centered or willing to look at life in like the big picture way. Mm-hmm. And you know, so now it's almost like anywhere I go. And I learned this in when I went to belly dancing to help with fertility. Yeah. Like those women I had so much in common with just because we like to move our bodies, yes. you know? And so there were a tribe, and my chakra healing class was a tribe, yeah. and my therapy thing were, you're a tribe, yes, you know? So, yes. like, so in the end, it's just one big happy tribe. Yes. Rabia has 9,000 friends. I know. Uh, <laughs> accountability. Yes. Who keeps you accountable? Who Who's the person that is calling you up and saying, hey, or listening to you and saying, no, Rabia, that's not what's hot in the streets right now. We need to go this way. Like, don't do it. You know, that's funny. So I have my own therapist. Yeah, the therapist has a therapist. Yes. (gasps) Look at that, guys. I do not trust a therapist who does not go to therapy. Yeah, seriously. Or who's never been to therapy. That should be like a standard question. Yeah. Do you get your own therapy? If the answer is nope, don't need it, mm, sorry. Mm, You know. First question. Yeah. That's good. Uh, so my therapist keeps me accountable. Yeah. I try to keep myself accountable uh, to me. And then it's interesting because I have clients who are therapists. Mm. And sometimes they'll call me out. Yeah. Like, really, Rabia? <laughs> I love it. Yeah. That's so, good. That's good. So, yeah. Okay. And then last is, is service. I mean, mm-hmm. what you do in your life's work is obviously a service um to the world yes you get a paycheck for it but can you just share maybe a moment you felt like this is why I was chosen to do this or you saw a transformation in someone well that that I do get to see that 
yeah. you know so I'm real privileged in that way that I get to see someone at maybe like a really low vulnerable moment and then over time see them fall in love with themselves yeah you know and so if I had a purpose or like what calls me to service is about letting other people see that they are a piece of God mm. you know so if we can see the holiness in us yeah um, and feel loved unconditionally yeah then we're much kinder moving through the world oh that's you true. know that's good so that's, that's I, I think I I want everyone to really fall in love with themselves yeah even their dark side yes we all have you know, and it's just the ordinary kid trying to get your attention. Yes. You know? Oh, gosh. That little kid in me. I know. I ask our guests to just give one affirmation. It starts with I am. Um, something that you feel like people need to hear, or maybe it's just something that you say to yourself every day. I am love. You are love. Yes. Yes. I, I repeat that over and over. Yeah. I am love. Yeah. I love you, girl. Oh, <laughs> Thank you so much, Robbie. Where can people follow you? Uh, they can find me on Instagram. Yes. At Rabia Ilahi, R-A-B-I-A-I-L-A-H-I. Yes. My website is dharma-wellness.com. Okay. Dharma is D-H-A-R-M-A hyphen wellness.com. Very good. Thanks for being a part of the show today. Thank you for having me. And you are tuned in to Respect My Crown.